Welcome to You Should Watch This Documentary, a podcast about documentaries you should watch, obviously, with your host, Adam Todd Brown, Jess McDonald, and Mon Rock. Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Should Watch This Documentary. No? Nothing? Hi. Hello. Nobody? Hello. Everyone's here. Monrock's here. I am here. Jess is here. Hello. Adam is here. That's me. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm one of your hosts. There's three of us. Everyone's just looking at me. Really awkward. Stone-faced. Stoic, I think, would be the best way to describe it. Is this bit going to go on the whole podcast? Perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) Only if Monrock keeps looking at me like that, waiting for me to crack. What's on the agenda today, Adam? We are talking about a feel-good documentary called One of Us. Whee! Super feel-good. I feel great. This was Mon Rock's idea. She texted me and said, we should watch One of Us for the next documentary. Because I've always been curious about Hasidic Jews. Me too, because they're they're so interesting, and I always see them at... uh, My parents always go to Homewood Suites, which is one of the few places that for their (laughs) breakfasts and and dinners, they do kosher meals. So this is somewhere that they can go on their vacations and stuff. So every vacation, I'm just... I had just been inundated with Hasidic Jews, and I always wanted to know more. Well, they live right smack in the uh, in the center of Los Angeles yeah. as well. So I, I've I've always seen them and just wondered, like, how? Okay, these kids grew up in this thing, but they're in the middle of L.A. Don't they just look around and aren't they just like, what the fuck is going on <laughs> with us? How can they not? And this documentary answers all of my questions. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's it's a it's a troubling documentary because it, it's basically a cult. It's kind of how this it seems like it shakes out. It's either a cult or this documentary answers the question what what would it look like if PTSD was a religion? Kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because like I I never th- looked into it enough, or I guess didn't realize it, but Hasidic Jews is like they're a community. Born from the Holocaust. Right. Like these are, this is a community of Holocaust survivors. It's not just that they're really strict fundamentalist Jews. They are, their group is the result of a, one of the biggest traumas in the history and of the they're, world. They're, they're, they're trying to proliferate because of the loss. Right. So the children, essentially, they don't belong to their parents. They are property of the community. Of the community. Right. right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what this, that is what this documentary is about. Yeah, it was fascinating because this is a community I didn't know anything about. And how would you? I mean, they're off the grid. Yeah, they're There's, right next yeah, to you, yeah, but yeah, they're yeah. still off the grid. They that's, are. Like, yeah. like, that's crazy to me because Amish people at least are over in the countryside, and you can kind of see them. And but you have to go to them, whereas Hasidic Jews are next to you. I've only had one interaction with uh, a member of the community before. I was walking down somewhere around Pico Olympic Robertson, as you know. Uh, and this guy stops me. He's like, excuse me, uh, can you, do you mind coming inside and, uh, plugging in my toaster oven? (laughs) What? What? Did you do it? No. (laughs) (laughs) 
Why did he want that? Because he wasn't allowed to uh, use electricity on that day. So then were you going to have to make him toast? Well, I mean, obviously. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I, I think know. you would have been married. I, I, did, did I didn't really understand. How, I, I, I mean, was he just not able to plug it in? But using it would be that makes no yeah, sense. Yeah, makes to no me. sense. Yeah, it made no sense. I feel like that was going to spiral into you doing a lot of housework. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And then, yeah, you're married at the end. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Before you know it, you have eight kids that you're fighting for custody for. Let's talk about Eddie. Oh, <laughs> no. Eddie is the first subject we see in this documentary. And for most of it, we don't see her face. We can tell that she's on the younger side, obviously Jewish. She's got the voice. She had a New York accent. She, When I first heard her, she seemed like a tough chick. Yeah. 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 Like, she, not someone that would be involved in all of this. Right. Right. But uh, she did get involved in this. It, it, the story of how she met her husband is a thing I didn't know happens in the Hasidic Jewish community. They met for 30 minutes. Or the first world. Yeah. They met for 30 minutes twice, and that was it. It was basically an arranged marriage, which I, I wasn't familiar with in that culture, but apparently it happens. Right. But it makes sense. As the documentary progresses, it makes sense why they would be so controlling over... I mean, it doesn't make sense. It makes sense for their right, ends yeah. why they would be that controlling. But it's not like, oh, I get it. Right. We should all be doing that. <laughs> no, no. So yeah, she. we never really hear her husband's name. We don't ever see the husband. He's just this like shadowy figure who exists in the background and via threatening recorded phone calls yeah. and shit. But we do know she has... Seven children. From 18 to, uh, she started having her first, I think. At, I guess she was giving birth from 18 to 27 yeah, or yeah, something that's, like that. That's what she said. She was postpartum for, like, what I think she said. Six years six in six a years, row. Yeah. yeah. Oof. I don't, like, I don't know what postpartum depression's like, obviously, but I know what depression's like, and nope. Right. You don't want that for six straight years. Nope. <sighs> And she was being abused by her husband. Right. Right. And it, she kind of implied that the kids were sort of being abused as well. Right. Like, not necessarily sexually abused, but also probably kind of physically abused. And bad times. Yeah. So she flees, basically, which is a thing that doesn't happen in this community. And that's kind of the, the basis of all of the stories uh, in this documentary. It's It's a documentary about people attempting to flee the Hasidic Jewish community. And there's an there's an organization set up for footsteps. them. Footsteps. And Footsteps to the Outside Observer, like us, is a, uh, a good organization right. that helps people f- escape a really oppressive and ugly situation. So naturally, to the Hasidic Jewish community, Footsteps is the enemy. They are literally, at one point, they're referred to as the devil. Right, yeah. Oppressive, and, oppressive person. Yeah. <laughs> OP. OP. Yeah, this was like most Scientology documentaries I've seen. It was... Yeah. I, I came it's away from it. It's all the same shit. Yeah, I came away from it with the exact same feeling. Yeah. Like, mm, well, this is a cult. And it said less yeah. than 2% of Hasidic Jews ever leave the community. Yeah. Less than 2%. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like, if anything, they're better at it than Scientology, because at least it's tied to a legitimate religion. Right. 
Whereas Scientology is tied to volcanoes but and space aliens. Scientologists are ed- educated people. These people don't educate. Which is what makes them better at keeping them. Yeah, so yeah. they don't have any job skills or they're not set up to survive in the real world. So they literally can't leave. Yeah, that's the big irony there is that this is a community of survivors that raises their children to not be able to survive right. without them. Dark, yeah, really fucking dark. So after we meet Eddie, we'll we'll get back to we'll get back to her story. We meet Ari, who is like a budding atheist almost. Like he's been in the Hasidic Jewish religion for a long time, and he's already left that, but he's still sticking to Jewish traditions and just not the the Hasidic right right version, the Sammy Davis Jr. version. I think that's the most well known. Jew. Yeah, he wants to be yeah. a modern Jew. Right, he wants to vape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does finally get to vape. But he's younger. He How old was he? He was like 18 or 19. Yeah. yeah. And he just decided, no, I don't want to do this. I'm just leaving. Like there was, I mean, there was, we find out later that there's some serious trauma right, right. with him. But at first, it's just kind of presented as, oh, I'm just this cool kid who wants to go be a cool kid and do cool kid things. In my yarmulke. Yeah. <laughs> and he just tries to do that. And like when he interacts with other Hasidic Jews, they're like, uh, you know, you could just repent right now yeah. if you want. Yeah. Like, and he just like like looked sideways. And like, yeah, he was uh, just like, oh. One uh, Hasidic Jew came up to him in a park, and he goes, "Is there Wi-Fi? Is there free Wi-Fi here?" He goes, "This is New York City. You can't stop Wi-Fi. You can't stop 2015 or whatever." Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. He's like, you know, you can't fight the modern world. There's <laughs> yeah. gonna be Wi-Fi. And it it seems like that's one of the things that really played into him leaving. Because at one point he says Wikipedia was a gift from God, and that's when he takes the big long drag on his <laughs> vape robot. He was which... really candid at one moment too when he said that he's like, "I'll be honest with you, I know no things. Yeah, I know nothing. I don't know how to use the internet. I don't know basic math. Yeah, yeah, yeah which it's... was shocking. The basic math thing, especially like, like I, I just don't know how you wouldn't give them at least the basic." level of understanding of things because then how can they be a productive member of your society either i don't know yeah well if your only job is to just teach religion yeah what do you need math for because then all the people who know the math are going to die eventually yeah yeah it's it's during his when they're introducing him that they show that like ceremony at fucking city field in queens which is where the mets play and it was packed and there's this guy just screaming about kids getting iPhones. Yep. It's like, dude, that's North Korea well, I, shit. I kind of agreed with him on that part. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> initially, I, initially I did too. But then as we got further in, I was like, oh, he just doesn't want them to have information yeah, right, at yeah, an yeah. impressionable Wrong young reason. age. Wrong yeah. But otherwise, yeah, don't give your kids iPhones unless you're Hasidic Jews, in which case... Six years old. Get your kids. <laughs> Teach them to read at four. Get them an iPhone at six. Let them chart their own course from there. <laughs> hey, let's talk about loser. 
Oh, my God. <laughs> There's a guy named Loser. <laughs> and he pronounces his name Loser, yeah. not like Loser or something yeah. like that. Or even like Luzer. Yeah. Like anything. Anything would be better. Yeah, because when I saw it, I didn't expect it was pronounced Loser. I feel like they saved that for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's a while before we hear him say his name, and it's like a big reveal. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. He's on, really the, is loser. He's on the phone with someone. Hi, this is Loser out of nowhere. This guy though was cool as shit. Yeah, he was cool. Yeah, I I liked him. I liked it. Like his, he I was liked, attractive. He was yeah. he was interesting. Yeah, like talking about how he got his acting career started. Yeah. He's like the Matas Yahoo of acting. Yeah. He was just like, I'm going to be the only Hasidic Jewish actor. And I'm going to break out from there. Yeah, and I'll just corner the market. And then one day I'll be like, fuck this. And I'll become a regular actor. <laughs> and that's kind of what he did. Yeah. yeah and, he has his own Wikipedia page and everything. Yeah. But he was also, uh, as as is the reality in Los Angeles, living in an RV right. and driving Uber for yeah. a living. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, you can only be a successful actor to some point when it costs this much money to live in a place. But then he was also... Remember when he was like, and then I also make money. Yeah, yeah what, what, what? <laughs> kind of illegal. <laughs> you want to elaborate? Nope. <laughs> That's it. Because he had a damn nice place in New York. Like it was, he, he was living in both places. He just had an RV here, but he had an apartment with a nice fucking balcony and the yeah. whole shit in New York. So. I don't have a place in New York and L.A. No, I so can whatever. Yeah. A place in L.A. <laughs> well, maybe because weed is legal here. Maybe he sells weed in uh, New York. It could be that. Yeah. Or, and pays for his apartment. And then he's out of work when he's in L.A. <laughs> so that's why he's staying or, in RV. At that time, it could have been cigarettes, too. Because the price disparity between yeah. cigarettes in New York and California was huge at one point. To where to the point where cigarettes in New York were like twelve to thirteen dollars a pack, and they were like five or six here. Now they're like fifteen or something. Yeah, like, it's comparable here. Yeah, it's one of the reasons I finally quit smoking. Yeah, I'll I'll accept your congratulations. Now. I Thank thought you. I just saw you. Well, yeah, when there's people around me who smoke, I smoke. But <laughs> I'm just that guy who bums cigarettes off people now. I just don't buy my own. I should start doing that with everything. <laughs> no, don't be that person. Yeah, don't. Can I come to the park and use your Wi-Fi? <laughs> Turn the spotlights off. Yeah, they had spotlights. They put up spotlights where the kids were using Wi-Fi. Yeah. Because they thought that would maybe oh my God. get the kids to go away. So, yeah, let's talk about Loser. He was the guy at, by the time they got around to his story, I was like, is this going to turn into a cult thing? Because they do kind of reveal it gradually. We're, right. We're throwing some details out that don't come until later in the documentary, but they do a good job of revealing kind of gradually how oppressive this group is. So Loser was married for three years, and during that time, he had two children. And then one day, he called his mother and said, uh, I'm getting a divorce, and I'm not religious anymore. And she said, okay, and then hung up the phone. And both his father and his mother didn't talk to him for seven years. Seven years. That's harsh. Well, I'm assuming they still haven't spoken to him. Yeah, it's probably not, like not. After seven years, they picked up the phone. It's tradition. They have yeah. to after seven years. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, they, they, at, they talk about some of the statistics at one point. There's 300,000 Hasidic Jews in New York. That's a lot. 
There's like 25k Scientologists in the whole country. So that's a it's a big group. They have their own schools. They have their own fleet of ambulances. Yeah, and, shit. and like volunteer policemen, sort yeah. of. Like, are you allowed to just it, set so, up volunteer policemen? So, do they live just off of welfare? Then it's they. It was kind of implied that they survive mostly on government subsidies. <sighs> yeah, and they're they're extremely political for that reason, so that they can continue their their lifestyle that way. I mean, how do you still, even with that, how do you afford 300,000 people, nine children? I mean, this is. Yeah. Well, I mean, at one point they they basically say that what they're doing is trying to, in their mind, right a wrong, which was all of these Jews taken out of the world, basically. And they are trying to repopulate that population. But it's also very important to them that those people stay uh, strictly Hasidic Jews. So it's, I mean, I don't, like, it makes sense that they have those kind of numbers because that's what they're shooting for. Yeah. Right? But it's such a, like, it's one of those things where you hear it and you're like, come on, guys, don't do that. But also the Holocaust. So it's like, who am I to say? No, like, uh, you <laughs> are someone to say. Just yeah. don't do that. It's too much. Can't be doing that. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's intense. I think anyone that has more than one child should have to pay extra tax. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've had this argument on the, the regular <gasps> podcast before. Too many people. I, I feel like if we start going in that direction, then it's also going to be, well, if you're single and you have a three-bedroom house and that house catches on fire, you're paying extra taxes to the fire department for those extra two bedrooms <laughs> because we are not subsidizing your need for extra space. And that's how a la carte taxes always end up. It's just everybody fucking nitpicking everyone to death. Okay? Yeah. All right? But we can try it. Let's set up our own tax system. I'm okay. Come on. I'm in. Yeah, I agree. All right, have fun. A tax system will set up ambulances. Okay. I don't have a license right now, so one of you two... I'll, I'll, I'll do that part. ...has to drive. That's fine. I still have my medical license, though, so I can fix people in the car. Okay, cool. So let's get back to Eddie. They cut back to her at one point and she's going through her kids. It's like a Yiddish school reader or something. Yeah. Remember that part? Yeah. And when they have all the blacked out faces of the girls. Yeah. yeah all the, the women's faces or the girls faces are uh, scribbled out. Yep. That was, yep. that was crazy. And then at one point she, she shows one of the questions and it says like Jane and then the answers were like fell or ran, and both pictures are blacked out. But I think you could still kind of make out the yeah, faces. Yeah, you have to like yeah. hold it up to <laughs> yeah, the yeah, light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, then why even bother? Like, why put girls in them? Like, right. What the yeah. fuck? Just print your own. You got your own fucking police force. Make your own girl-free pamphlets. But I feel like part of it was, I feel like there's a psychological aspect to that. Yeah. Where it's probably better for them to put the girls in there and then cross the faces out from a indoctrination standpoint where it's it like, really drives the point home yeah. that way as yeah. opposed to just not having them there. Holy shit. These people <laughs> fucking crazy. So after, at, at that point, this is the point in the documentary where Eddie's husband files for sole custody. And I'm like, <laughs> come on, he's not going to get sole custody. The kids that's crazy. They have something called status quo, which means that you have to maintain the same lifestyle right. for your children. 
after the divorce, which is very hard to accomplish once one party goes secular. Right. right. It's they they bring up a lot during this documentary that this group is really good at exploiting loopholes. And in this they've kind of found a loophole in that status quo. It's not just a thing that applies to divorces in this community. It's like it's a it's a thing you can argue in any custody hearing that the the person they're living with now isn't keeping their standard of living at what it was before. I can do that. The kids should be with me. Right, but because this is the way of living in this community right. is so extreme. Right. I mean, she has to wear a wig when she goes and sees her children. Yep. I mean, yeah, shit. Like the line of questioning. At one point, they were like, "Do you wear leggings?" Yeah, right. What? And she was like, I wear leggings, shirts, shoes, tops, hats. And the judge is like... She didn't say she wore leggings. She said she wore skirts. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, like she was She was very clear that she did keep with the, with the clothing she was supposed to wear. And after she gave that answer, the judge was like, is there something we need to know about your personal life? Yeah, it's right. Like, Holy shit. Right. That, that part, I wasn't sure. Was she in front of... A Hasidic Jewish judge because yeah. I don't understand the prejudice. Right, right. I really don't get why the judge would have that stance in that moment. It doesn't make any sense. But it had, like, it has to be. If they have their own police force, like, I can't set up my own police force and arrest someone and take them to the actual police and go, okay, do all the rest of the police shit from here. Right. Like, they're going to investigate on their own and make their own decisions if I do that and probably arrest me right. for false imprisonment. So they have to have like their own court system, maybe? No. You think? I don't know. I don't know if they have their own court system or if they have their own people in the secular courts who are able to like infiltrate and handle these things. Yeah, it could be. Because yeah, the questioning was just it was they're above the law, yeah. is what she kept saying. Yeah. Her husband yeah. would say that the law doesn't affect me. She even got in trouble for taking her kids to one of her friend's houses, and her friend didn't wear a wig. And that was a huge problem. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, she mentions that she, during the court proceedings, she had this upstairs neighbor who she was really close with. She said we were like sisters. And then that woman just shows up and is like, she doesn't wear a wig in public, and just starts informing on her. Yep like crazy and it's it's so like i can't imagine living in that situation like she had like they have total control over her life right uh, she was i mean i was just shocked at how strong she was yeah she, you know she, and at one point she said to the i keep wanting to call it footlights it's not <laughs> footsteps <laughs> footsteps uh, the woman at Footsteps, she goes, listen, I'm an adult. I can handle all this. It's it's my kids that are suffering. Right. I would have been like, I cannot handle any of this. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. Yeah, I might have been like, those kids, Yeah. they'll recover. Yeah. I'm fucking out of <laughs> yeah, here, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about that letter that goes around? They send a letter throughout the Hasidic Jewish community. Like, imagine... You're just a a woman with kids. You've been living a mostly unremarkable life, and now you just want to get divorced and take your kids to a better situation. And now the entire fucking community is rallying around the husband who beat you to help him get sole custody of your kids. Because the, they're saving the kids from the devil. They're saving, right. their, the, yeah, their souls. They sent a letter around to people in the community. This is what it said. 
to all Jews and community leaders, a man with seven children has fallen into the bitter net of the organization footsteps. He sits entire days in court to save his children from the devil. If we attack with the best lawyers, they won't pick a fight with the Hasidic people again. This costs hundreds of thousands of dollars to support these expensive lawyers. I am sure that our community will do anything possible what to save th- these seven children. What are they doing for money? Can someone please explain how... How they get the best courts and everything? No, how they earn a li- How all these people in the community... Right. Do, do I, they work? I mean, do, what, do the, the women don't? Do the I, men work? I think that's kind of what loser's implication that he does illegal shit for money... I think the implication there was that that's a that's also kind of a Hasidic Jewish thing where they do have means to make money that they're probably not going to put in a documentary, which that's the same thing with any tight knit cult type group. They usually have like with Scientology, they just bleed it from their lower level members like that's how they get their money. And it's kind. Of, I think I feel like that's what the loser thing was kind of implying was that we have ways to survive. And if he can do that on like his small scale, it's probably a thing that's learned on a bigger scale. That would be the only thing that would make sense. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be something illegal because they don't give them any other types of skills. It's not like they could go work in a factory, really. Right, and they they're all um, living off of welfare, so they don't have any reported income. Right, but there's in there's income there, there's, obviously. Yeah, there yeah has some of their be. houses were really nice. Yeah, yeah. Because wasn't it loser when he goes to see goes to see the the house that he used to live in, and it's 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 nice. I couldn't. Yeah, that there house. were yeah. a couple of homes that they showed. So yeah, I don't know if it's all illegal. I don't know. Yeah, who knows. They just certainly didn't tell us. I'm going to investigate. Do it and then report back. Because I was under the impression that they were all rich, that the community was very rich before I saw this documentary. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's always the like, that's the popular stereotype, which holy shit for stereotypes. That's a good one. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't know how they got their money. That's a good question. Yeah. I bet if we looked into it, there's probably some. Yeah, I bet it's gonna mean something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably yeah, yeah. an actual word. <laughs> a lot of syllables. So yeah, should we uh, stay on Eddie? Like Eddie is where the documentary ends, right? The other two, like, let's talk about Ari. Yeah, yeah, yes. Ari has a really cute moment where he's in rehab. That part's not cute. I mean, it's good that he <laughs> went to rehab, but uh, he goes, "I have Schwartz now." And I was like, Sh- is this like a Spaceballs reference? Like like Schwartz, what is that? I, I wasn't into that because I'm not really into cargo shorts as a fashion choice. My favorite part about that is that he said he saw a vine that said cargo <laughs> yeah. shorts are cool. And I was like, are you being, are you fucking with us right now? You didn't <laughs> see that vine anywhere. Like cargo shorts, and don't get me wrong. I wish they were still cool. Me too. Because they're the best. I don't think men should ever wear shorts. Why? I, you don't want us to have storage space? Just don't think I was trying to make him possible for Halloween, and I couldn't find cargo pants anywhere that were right for a woman's body. What so. about cargo pants? I mean, it's not my favorite look. What if I, like, what if I have cargo <laughs> with me, <laughs> and I look down and check my pants, 
And I'm like, fuck, I wish these were cargo pants that I could put all this cargo in. Oh, God. Gotta think ahead. So yeah, he's really excited that he gets cargo shorts, which should give you a lot of insight into what this group is like. Yeah. That this kid, bordering 20 years old, has never experienced the magic of shorts. And he did weigh his options between regular and cargo. Went cargo. I agree with the decision myself. (laughs) Be a trailblazer, kid. Bring him back. But then he talks about Jewish Community Watch, which is a website that has a wall of shame. And he talks about how his principal from summer camp is on the wall of shame. And then he talks about why that principal from summer camp is on the wall of shame. And holy shit, Ari. He was raped by his principal. He was raped, it seemed like, almost kind of publicly. Yeah. Like with people watching, a bunch of people who still work at that summer camp. Yep. And it's like, oh, like this, what was interesting to me is that this, when this started, I was like, at least this is a group that's tied to a legitimate religion. Like completely forgetting that so is the Vatican. Right. And, you know, like this, I should have known how, like what path this was going down. Right. Uh, Especially when we saw Ari. But yeah, the way he describes it and then going to talk to people after and they're like, oh, maybe he just, he just fell, on, fell you. on top oh of you. Oh, my goodness. It's like, holy shit. Every time I think that I can't hate religion more, I just see another yep. fucking thing. Yep. It's just... It's just... Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of... I mean, it's not an inherently bad thing. Yes, it is. No, it's not like... Taken at its most basic... like. Yeah, I mean, form it's not, but the problem is it's like anything else in that it's so easy to abuse. Right. Like police aren't inherently a bad thing either. Right. But, but the type of person that becomes a police officer, there's something there. See, I th- I think there are two types of people that become police officers and I think the same thing with re- with people who go into religion for a living. I think there are two distinctly different yeah. types of people who do that. And there are, like, there are, as much as it seems to the contrary, there are decent people in the world, and some of them do become cops because that's what they've always done. I wouldn't doubt that there's families full of really good cops. Right. And there are, I've, I've personally known really good, devoutly religious people. But both of those things are so open for abuse that they're going to, to some degree attract bad people who will see that as a cover for the bad shit right. they want to do. Yeah. Yeah, even if you're a good person though, just I don't know, just I think you're stifling the creativity and the independent thinking out of children at such a young age. It's just It is a thing you should let kids kind of come to on their own. Like it, that's indoctrination. Like, yeah. Like that's how that's how any group that exploits kids. That's how they like. That's how the fucking Nazis worked. Like, right. The Hitler Youth was integral to, like, once the Nazis took power, they had all the adults they needed. But to keep power, they had to go to the kids next, so those kids would grow up already believing all the Nazi shit from birth. Right. And 
that's that's the thing where it's when, abuse. I yeah. mean, I, mean, I was devoutly it's Catholic. Just abuse. Yeah, I was devoutly Catholic from like birth, like all the way until I was like twelve years old, and then I had I had great CCD teachers all the way up, and they were great. They were wonderful. They wanted me to pursue art. They wanted me to do all these great things that I love doing. And then I had one who basically told me I was gonna go to hell if I was gay. Right? I told her to fuck off, and I never went back. And Unfortunately, though, I could have continued being Catholic and having a great time in some some form, but people like that ruin it by trying to force it down your throat that all these things that you're doing are going to make you go to hell. Well, I think that's the difference, though, is that even, I got to leave. Yeah, even if you're raised Catholic or whatever you know, kind of mainstream religion we think of, there's not any like I've never heard of a Catholic who was like, you know, I'm not a Catholic anymore. And also the Catholic Church is fucking hunting me down. Right. Like, at least with those religions, it becomes a choice at some point, even if you're raised in it. Like, my parents went to fucking uh, Bible college. Like, they went to a college that uh, was intended to give them careers in the seminary or whatever. And uh, they were both like, eh, we've had enough of that. We're just going to go do regular shit now that we're out of college. And no one fucking cared. Like, no one gave them grief for it. And I think that's the difference. Like, as long as it becomes a choice at some point. Like, even Mormons are kind of weird in that way. That yeah. Once you try to leave Mormonism, it's like, mm, you can do it, but we're going to make your life pretty fucking awful. And you just don't get that with most, like, even with Catholics, like... Like any mainstream religion that's really big in this country, you don't like. You get I don't guilt and all that with the Abrahamic religions. Right. I think with the Eastern religions, there. I mean, I, they're barely even religions. They're right. It's more philosophical, and uh, there's none of that. Yeah. So yeah, it's it, it's it's dark, and uh, it gets darker. Like when Eddie gets knocked off her bike by a dude who told her son twice that week that I'm going to knock your mom <laughs> off her bike with my car. And he fucking did it. Like, holy shit. Like, can you imagine? Like, imagine if you left this podcast and I was like, <laughs> I go to Kooks and I'm like, I'm going to push your mom over when she's walking you next week. And Kooks is like, what? <laughs> Except in an Australian accent. <laughs> no, Cooks. Cooks, I would never. Like, it's so weird to, like, I mean, not weird. It's just insane that just for wanting to leave, like, I wouldn't be surprised if that's why the internet's getting installed in this apartment right now and we have all this background noise because they fucking knew we were doing this podcast <laughs> and they're trying to fuck it up. I think that's happening for sure. <laughs> Meanwhile, these mics are really good. I doubt anyone can even hear what I'm the talking about. The Scientologists are definitely the worst because I don't think the Hasidic Jews come after people for just talking about Hasidic Judaism the way right. Scientologists do. Yeah, they, they at well, least... they'd have to look it up on the internet and they would have to know and they don't do that. Oh, yeah. So they don't know we're talking about yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. We'll send it to them. <laughs> <laughs> I really wonder the uh, what the impact will be of this documentary. It's And with all the Scientology documentaries, what's going on within the communities? Well, that's a good Is question. Is there going to be a backlash? Uh, yeah, I wonder... this can't go on forever. This is a different kind of backlash and I wonder if it will happen because it should. Like, it's... The, the things happening within this group are no less atrocious than what's happening in Scientology. Maybe worse. Maybe worse. 
The only, I mean, the only, the only real difference between this and Scientology is as long as with this one, as long as you're staying in line, you're not really exploited like you are in Scientology. Like Scientology, they use you like to to make money. Whereas here, they're just like, all right, if you're part of the community, we'll take care of you. Your life's going to be garbage, but we'll we'll still take care of you. And I like it's a small difference, and it's not an important enough difference to make one better than the other. Like they're both pretty fucking awful. But I don't know whether it was Ari or if it was the actor, but somebody said they knew a lot of Hasidic Jews that were very happy. Yeah. I wonder how many of them are dudes because it seems like like I feel like in this room, if we were all Hasidic Jews. I'd probably have it the best. No, yeah, definitely. Because I'm I'm just a dude. I'd have three kids already. It's the same reason in Trump's America. I'm probably going to have it the best because right. I'm just a white dude. <laughs> like right. uh, none of this is going to come down on me. I don't I like I'm still going to talk about it and say it's bad, but at the end of the day, that'll be the thing that will come down on me, not right. the actual administration itself, and it's the same thing here. Like if I was a dude and I was a Hasidic Jew, I can see how maybe it's pretty sweet. I mean, you got all your friends, you get a wife, you get like, you, yeah, you just but get as these a things. dude, nine children. Yeah, that part, no. Mm, yeah, no. Yeah. I don't think. I'd like try to arrange some sort of accident. He <laughs> fell on top of me and it gave me a vasectomy. I don't know what happened. Summer camp all over again. I mean, oh. unless the burden. <laughs> How dare you? Did you not know that's where I was going with that? <laughs> I did, but you just you, you went for the like final punch. I had to it. make sure everyone knew. I'm sorry. Unless the burden of all the children falls solely on the wife, which I'm sure it does. Yeah, but, yeah. But still, I mean, it's a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it does. And uh, yeah, they there. There's a lot of interesting scenes. We're obviously not going to cover everything that happens in this. One of my favorite scenes was that dinner party Ari went to where they like turn into the fucking polyphonic spree all of a sudden and everyone at the party is like like they're composing a fucking no, Jewish just, R&B they're just, song they're, or something they're just singing their traditional songs which by the way it's are really kind good. of jam they're I pretty really, sweet I was yeah. really into the music I, I kind of rewound yeah. it and listened to it again like I really did like that yeah they're they, they their songs are like they sound like indie rock kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and there's that one guy at that dinner party who you can tell when he shows up, people are like, fuck, we're singing tonight. <laughs> Cause that what they're like five minutes into the song and he goes, This is the best thing ever. <laughs> like, I bet people want to eat too though. Like you got food in front no, of you. They were all drunk. They were having a blast. Yeah. Which is uh, that makes me really happy for him. Yeah. That he found that. Yeah, it seems like because he the, the thing with Ari, he was when he had that phone call with his mom, he was like, I'm not religious anymore. But it seems like he's still kind of religious. Yeah, you miss, the you rabbi. miss it. Even if you do yeah. break out of it, there are parts of it that you still do love mm-hmm. and probably miss. I mean, it's hard to completely abandon your your culture. Yeah. Right. So, so this all culminates in the, the court case with Eddie. That's pretty much the, like, Ari's storyline and Loser's storyline, they're fine. Like, they end in a relatively decent way because they're both young and they, for one thing, aren't saddled with seven kids that the community is trying to take from them. So their storylines just kind of play out and it's good. 
And then we're left with Eddie and her court case. And uh, you brought this up before we were recording in that when you see they finally show her face at one point and in that moment you're kind of like oh this is gonna go all right like at least she's showing her face now so this is gonna go good uh doesn't go great nope the uh the court case the ending of this documentary is devastating yeah and when it ended i was just like that's how this is gonna end yep like that's it and it it's fucking heartbreaking it's really bad. Yeah. And I mean, like, I I guess, like, we're kind of hinting at what happens. She fucking loses her kids. Yeah, yeah. She loses her kids, and not just that, but they don't just send them back to live with the dad. One of the crazy things is the reason she loses her kids, the judge said it was weird that the kids hated him so much and liked her so much, and that he thought that was odd. Why and- is that weird? <gasps> He's abusive. That shouldn't be weird. Yeah. It's like, that's how it's supposed to be. They have good judgment. And instead of, I mean, to their credit, at least they didn't take the kids and just give them back to the dude, but they just take the kids and split them up yeah. among relatives. And it really... Well, the kids were never hers to begin with. The kids right. belong to the community. Yeah, they they say that a lot throughout yeah. this documentary, and that's kind of the... That's the way Scientology is. I mean, yeah. you know, if you, if you break out of Scientology, your entire family cuts off communication yeah. with you. Yeah. And it, yeah, the the ending really drives that home, that these kids and all kids in this community belong to that community. Yep. And that's how it ends. Well, she gets to see them for an hour every week, so. An hour supervised. Yep. Every week. From raising them, like, taking care of them by herself for how many months after she left this dude to an hour a week. And for what? Because they like her too much. Right. Insane. It is insane. Heartbreaking. Insane. So yeah, go watch one of us if you uh, want your week ruined. Exactly. It is It is very dark. Really sad. Bad times. How about you should not watch this documentary? <laughs> <laughs> we should call it. Yeah, some, yeah. Uh, some of them. Yeah. Yeah, some we should them. do two versions. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the next one also. You should not watch this documentary. Welcome to You Should Not Watch This yeah. Documentary. And then it just says the name and... Thank you. That's it. We watched it. We don't even want to tell you about it. So yeah, that's one of us. It's available on Netflix. Uh, next, it's highly rated. It it almost. I has mean, five it's stars, good. Right? It's not a bad. It's it's no. Not, it was well done. Like it's entertaining and it's informative. It's just fucking gut wrenching. Yeah. And it it, uh, it you will not you're not going to get a lot of closure right out of it or any sense of. It's so easy for me to just, I just, it's so easy for me to just watch one thing and just be like, all right, fuck this entire group of people. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's a thing I would have to. I'm so easy. I would have to research it more, but (laughs) damn, I can't think of what will be out there that I'll find where I'll go, oh, okay, I understand why they do this. Because they, at one point, they do bring up that this is a group of survivors of the Holocaust who brought all of their trauma and baggage from surviving the Holocaust. That's awful. And let it inform how they built and run this community. And it's that's why I say it's this is like PTSD, the religion. Yeah, and it's really dark. Yep. So if you want to learn why Matis Yahu is not a Hasidic Jew anymore. (laughs) Is everyone familiar with Matis Yahoo? Yeah. He's the rapper. I don't think he is anymore. He does, at least he doesn't he doesn't 
get all dolled up when he performs. We'll have to ask him. We'll get him on the next podcast. <laughs> we should have got him on this one. All right. So we should wrap this up. We have to record another one after this. Woo. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Our next documentary <laughs> on Tokyo Idols. Tokyo Idols. Be sure to watch that. Sorry about the subtitles. It's called Tokyo Idols. What do you expect? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the documentary we're talking about next. Uh, also dark. Yes. Not quite as dark as this, but, but still dark. Pretty close. Uh, but at least there's fun music. Woo! And uh, it'll make you feel weird about liking anime Aww. if that's a thing you like. I do not, fortunately. Uh, what else do we have to plug? I, the Darkest Hour, the comedy show I do at Westside Comedy Theater every month is back. I love Westside Comedy Theater. We'll, I was just there on Friday night. We'll book you on that show sometime. Very it's good. It's a fun show. It's comics doing their darkest material. I'm headlining this month. That is November 10th at Westside, 11.30 p.m. That's in Santa Monica. Come to that. And we have a live podcast, November 25th. Uh, thank the the weekend after Thanksgiving, the best time to be in L.A. It's a fucking ghost town, so come out to that. Oh, it's the best. Yeah, I just drive around all day. <laughs> You'll get from Santa Monica to the Hollywood Hotel in like eight minutes, no matter what time of day you come. It's going to be a good time. I don't care if there's only eight people in the audience. We're going <laughs> to have a fucking party on Thanksgiving weekend. Monrock, what do you got to plug? What? She <laughs> doesn't like this. <laughs> what do you have to plug? What do you got coming up? Got any... Got any blogs people can read? Uh, yeah, any- sure. Uh, <laughs> always have the blogs. Um, I have show. I didn't even bring my schedule. I'm the worst. It's I, fine. I, I Where don't like can to people talk about myself? Just look at look at your Twitter. They should follow you on Twitter. Twitter. Uh, everything is Monrock. M O N R O K. Just type that in. There's only one. All my shit is there. There it is, Jess. Uh, not really, but I guess you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Okay. Too. Yeah. Just babbling on. Woo. What's your Twitter handle? Uh, McJess Sandwich. All right. Follow me on Twitter, too, at Adam Todd Brown and at Unpops. Follow us on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. And I don't know. I was going to try <laughs> to name Friendster, something like that. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Jess, say goodbye. Bye. Mon Rock, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. <laughs> <laughs>